What up, Whiskey Ginger fans? Welcome back to the show. If it's your first time joining the show, welcome to the show. We got a good one for you today, like my man Steve Harvey Dunn say. It's John Cena. Oh, baby! It's John Cena. I'm so excited to have him on the pod. Uh, became a good buddy, worked together, and I'm so happy to have him on the show and share a little piece of him with you guys. It was wonderful. And uh, hey, me and Bob are on tour. I'm not touring for a little while on my own, but... Me and Bobby Lear doing the Bad Friends Tour. We're doing stand-up, podcast, bits from the show, and all sorts of stuff. Go to badfriendspod.com, badfriendspod.com. We've added shows, added cities, and we're going for a couple of months. We're on a bus coming to a city near you, so go to badfriendspod.com. Come see us live, baby. Enough rambling from me. Let's go to the episode. In here, we pour whiskey, 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 whiskey. Creature in the ginger beard. Sturdy and ginger. Like vampires, the ginger gene is a curse. Gingers are beautiful. You owe me five dollars for the whiskey and seventy-five dollars for the horse. Gingers are oh, hell no. This whiskey is excellent. Ginger, I like gingers. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Whiskey Ginger. My guest today is one of my favorite people on earth. I say that for all my guests, but I mean it once again today. This time you can see him. It's John Cena, ladies hey. and gentlemen. John Cena, cheers to you. You beautiful prince. Thank you so much for doing it. Thank you for dressing up, too. You Man, look we, so we good. We to this, and we're getting it done. We're doing it. Have a little sniff. Mm. Mm. Oh. So what do you make of this? We're not going to say what it is. How do I make it? What do you make of this? Oh, like what, am I, what are the notes that I taste? So I'm a, I'm a novice when it comes to the bourbon. Yeah. I do like a scotch. But I, I tend to like like the stronger smelling peatier scotches just because I can smell my drink coming from 20 yards away. You like that. Um, what do you make of this? Honestly, it just reminds me of childhood. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. I can smell dad coming from the hallway. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, whatever, whatever that. Nothing better be untucked. <laughs> you better tuck it in. Um, I, I love, I, what I love about, uh, what I love about Kentucky bourbon is, uh, slow warmth stays in the back of your throat. Dude, it gets you. I like it back here. Gets you. And then slowly but surely kind of takes over your body. Yeah. And just gives you this like nice little hum. At the end of this thing, I'll be able. No, no, you'll be good. And we can have as much as, we can have as much as you want and as little as you want. Uh, first of all, I want to thank you for doing the show. For people that want to know, we're down in Melbourne. We're uh, which I have to say, they make us say that that way. Melbourne. Melbourne. You can't say Melbourne. You can. Yeah, they don't like it. They scoff they at it. They don't like it, but you can. You can I say said it. that to my driver. I was like, oh, I'm in... Uh, Melbourne. My first time in Melbourne. And he's like, it's Melbourne, mate. Yeah. No, it's not, because it's spelled Melbourne. So I'm going to say it my way. Well, I grew up in New England. Right. Or I would be from like Worcester. Worcester. Which is Worcester. Worcester. None of it makes sense. I like Worcester. Like they have a Chel Cheltenham, but it's Cheltenham. Change the words, dude. You're not owned by the Queen anymore. John and I know each other because we're shooting a movie in Australia. Hopefully, people will love it. It's called Ricky Stenicky. That that much you can know. Everyone else at home, you'll have to watch the movie when it comes out. Yeah. Um, you and I connected over the course of this film, and I got to tell you, quick friends, best friends, some would say. Well, uh, I best friends. Can I say it? Some would say that. Are you my best friend? Some. Uh, my, my my wife's the tip of that spear. So I, I can't. What I can't. can she do that I can't do, John? What can your wife do that Andrew Santino can't do for you? Well, um, I, I think that list is long and distinguished. <laughs> okay, well, email me, dude. 
No, we got very close very fast on the that, film because that's of absolutely true. we shared a lot of things in common. So many things I want to chat with you about. One of them being the way that I clicked with you the first time we had a couple of drinks uh, was there was old school hip hop playing. Yes. And I said, man, I love this song. And then, like a loser, I said, remember that lyric about a rapper hooking up with his fans? And I'm not going to say it because this is a family-friendly show. And immediately I said... Is it? Yeah, it is. Okay, cool. Yeah, this one, this show is for the kids. I'll be on my best behavior. Um, but immediately I said... Uh, wait, I said till 20, wait till you're 21. Okay. Yeah, I said, who is... No I response. said, I think that's the game. And you corrected me. You said, no, 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 my friend. That is good. Who was it? it Not was the game. It was Lloyd Banks. I was like, is that Lloyd Banks? And you were like, that's Lloyd Banks. But you threw it out so fast. Yeah, but it also wasn't like a condescending. I, I was just oh, no. throwing my guess into this. No, you were correct. No, it wasn't a guess. That was a, you knew. You pulled it out like this. You didn't. You literally were, uh, you were, you were hand, hand on the Guinness and you just went, it's Lloyd Banks. You threw it so beautifully. And I go, is that Lloyd Banks? And it was. It was. And then I thought, do you love hip hop? And I know you have an album, a platinum no, album. Not like you, your knowledge runs so. No, deep. it's different. My knowledge of hip hop isn't isn't as extensive as some of the nerds that get at me on the internet. But what I loved is there's always somebody smarter. There's always smarter. somebody more informed. Yeah. You you're well versed in I'm, things. In what I know, what I like, it's good. And we connected so hard because. Age-wise, we're close in age, yeah. and we grew up with the same kind of hip-hop, and we were going back and forth about our favorite stuff. And then, guiltily, I listened to your album again that night, oh my and I never told you. And I thought, when am I going to tell him? And I thought, well, if he comes on the show, I'll tell him. Yeah. So I fell asleep to John Cena that night, oh. drunk off of six Guinnesses. Which, yeah. by the way, and people are like, oh, you're drunk off of six Guinnesses? Yeah, we drank them in 36 minutes. Yeah. We were getting kicked out. and You we do it. I know, because we were learning to get the, 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 the Irish will tell you, you have to drink the Guinness until it gets right below the N and above the harp. And I came close. You drank too much because your gullet is bigger like than Guinness. mine. Yeah, you do. You love it. But we, I realized, when, what better time to talk to you about the, your album than, than on the show? And you know what? It's not awkward. It's, I'm, I'm, it's awesome. What do you mean? It's thank you. Thank great. you very much. Also, you made a platinum album. I don't think anybody's ever made. I think we we had one of my guys look it up. No one's ever made a platinum album as their first album and then never made another album ever again. It's never happened. This guy, <laughs> dude, it's never happened. Yeah, but I mean, what? The no, no, don't do that, John. Don't throw it away. That's incredible. Nobody's ever done that. So, uh, first of all, thank you. But I mean, it was. I think it's going to be like the 20th anniversary very soon of that album. So yeah. that, that is a, a a wonderful chapter in my life. But. I mean, we're in the now. We're but, for the, but for the 20th anniversary, because you're a hip-hop head, will you do a live performance of the album? Man. For me. Um, I'm sick, John. I'm not going to make may, it. Maybe just for you. In, 20, in 2026, I won't, I'll leave this earth. So will you do it for me for maybe, the 20th anniversary? Maybe just for you. <laughs> a private party for yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> just, a, just a party of one. I'll fly in the trademark. You're a giving guy. Him and I can just... Can knock it out? Yeah. You are a giving man. And I want to give you some credit. Uh, I don't know if we can talk about it for the movie, but... Let's talk. Okay, let's talk. I can do it. Well, no, in the movie, there's a scene that is relative to your real life. I want to talk so many other things, but I want to give yeah, you credit. Again, this is what it's for. We, you have gone to 8 billion 
children's hospitals, and we did it in the film. You went for the film. Mm-hmm. And you've done, like, what, truly, 700 or 800? How many have you done? As, how many times have you gone to the children's hospital? As many. I've had, Well, um, it's, it's a little bit different than that. I've, I've uh, been fortunate enough to tour many hospitals, but a hospital tour is a lot different than what I do for Make-A-Wish. Yeah, for Make-A-Wish, that's what it is. Make-A-Wish um, is a wonderful charity which gives uh, children and families facing some difficult set of circumstances the chance to do whatever they wish for. Yeah. And a lot of those wishes, I can't believe this, were like, I want to hang out with John Cena for the day. So I've had a... This is a Make-A-Wish, by the way. ...wonderful opportunity to yeah. be a part of a lot of that. Um, I, I don't believe you. <laughs> This feels like a Make-A-Wish a little bit. To me, it does. But these kids, but these kids say, "I want to hang out with you for the day." Yeah. What's the wildest Make-A-Wish story that you did? Like, if a kid was like, "I want to," sometimes it's hang with John Cena. Is there ever one that's like, "I want to go fishing with John Cena"? Uh, well, I had tea with a with a, a young lady. I had a tea with a we talking, uh, imaginary breakfast? friend. No, it was just a uh, like an imaginary tea. Oh, no tea was there. A small table. Um, she was very well dressed. She brought her uh, stuffed animal friends. We set the whole table and. We had tea and we spoke. Wow. It was great. And the tea was good. It was great. Yeah, the conversation. Was great. Conversation was great. Imaginary crumpets, fantastic. That's one thing I don't like about Australia. I'm going to say it again. I keep dogging them every time we do a show here. Afternoon tea. It's food. It's not tea. It's a snack. Yeah, but I think there's a whole culture around it. I don't like it. I don't like it. The queen doesn't like you guys. They got rid of you guys. Kind of a cool... Yin and Yang forming here. Yeah. Like you're forever the nihilist. 100%. Like, Man, but you know, it's not that bad. <laughs> and you're like, no, fuck that. This is half empty. I don't know. Uh, yeah, see, yeah, John, that has been our relationship on the movie, which also has made the film very good that you are, I've never seen somebody, compliment coming in, I've never seen somebody work so hard and still have such a positive attitude, regardless of the length of the day. Because, you know, old red bones over here, when it's a long day, I get all grumpy bumpy. We, we all do. Yeah, but you're good at hiding it wherever it goes. I just think at those, at those times when I'm about to lose it, I tell, first of all, I tell myself I signed up for it. Yeah, you did. My choice. You did. And uh, I, something that helps me a lot is uh, what is my biggest problem right now? So in the totality of that, the movie that they've asked me to star in mm-hmm. is asking me to work longer. Yeah, so what? It happens. And that's not saying that those day, the long days aren't hard. That's not saying it's not work. Um, we go back and forth on text about, like, what a life. It is incredible. It, it's genuine. That is not um, cannon fodder. That is not a hashtag. It, it's genuine. This, this is unimaginable. But it doesn't mean it doesn't come with effort. It doesn't mean it doesn't come with hardship. Mm-hmm. And everyone can compare stories and compare hardships there's always someone smarter. There's always someone who has it worse. There's always someone who has it better. But it doesn't mean you're, we are all human. We all have the same emotions. We all have the same um, situations. We have to climb a hill and we, we, we feel anger. We feel sadness. We feel depression. We feel joy. We feel happiness. All that stuff. So the days where, you, where I'm not feeling so good, I just I try to, to right the train by being like, hey, man, this is not too bad. I know. You're right. I should get a Cena tattoo. So I can look down at your face, like on my wrist, every time I'm starting to blow up. Every time I'm starting to go, ooh, man, I don't like the day. I'll just look down see, and see your face, and you'll be going like this to me. Come on. I, I think with you, and from what I've seen, my perspective is you're a million places at once. You, mm-hmm. you're, you're a very hard worker, and you're trying to do a whole lot of things. You have two podcasts. Yeah. 
you're a touring comic. Yeah. You're always planning for your next special. You are uh, a full-time actor and you're trying to extend your reach. You have brand ambitions. Yeah. Uh, so, so literally you're, you're operating like five, six startups essentially at a time. That's a lot of fucking work. It's a lot of work. Yeah. I, on the other hand, have really scaled back and to try to focus on like, well, this is Monday. This is Monday. That's it. That's a really good perspective. And, and I think a lot of times when I get frustrated or when I used to get frustrated about that, it's because, man, we are waiting here and I could use these 16 fucking minutes to do something else. Yeah. And it is when you're splitting atoms and you're trying to, you know, have a relationship or have some sense of normalcy. And on top of that, well, I'm trying to get this brand off the ground and I'm trying to do this podcast. And I need to do the other one. I'm, I'm trying to learn my lines and I'm trying to do this and I'm in a foreign country and I don't know what the fuck's going on. Like that stuff can snowball because you know how valuable the minutes are. Yeah. Big time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Big time. Well, and I do get moments to kick me back into reality. I try to stay grounded a little bit in the idea of, Hey man, it sucks only because I want it. So if I didn't want it, it wouldn't suck. I want it. So I invite it. I like it. But then there's the moments that check me down, like, you know, standing in the rain, talking about cars with you because we had to wait till the rain to stop. How cool was that? Oh, yeah, it was phenomenal. I did. There's a moment where you sit and you go, oh, yeah, this is great. We get to talk about cars in the rain. And, and yeah, those things, those things bring you back. Friends. Yeah, that, no, that is, that is the best part about all of it. You know? And when you said, I want to back you up real quick. When you said you were starring in the movie, I am the star of the film. You are. It's me. You are. I know they. I'd I'd like I know they. They're telling you. Well, they're telling you. Scenario. Hey, John, you're the number one. This is your movie. It's my movie. No, perception is reality. I'm, yeah. I'm always number two. That's right. Always. Uh, don't don't forget it. I've got to tell you because when I saw your trailer, I go double that. So that's why I have a double decker trailer. People might. If you see a double decker trailer somewhere around town, that's old they Papa Red. Shipped over a bus. Mm-hmm. And gutted it. Yeah, for me. And turned it into a living quarter. I guess what I needs, baby. It was interesting that you. That was a weird flex. Power move. Yeah. It's all the money I made on the film is going to my bus. But you know what? I don't really care. It looks great. In I don't really care. In fact, if I ever did get to a place where, because you and I both love cars and we talk cars, if I ever did get to a place uh, where I was successful enough, I think I would be one of those people that has my own bus that travels with me in the States. You know people that bring their own trailers with them? Yeah, man. I, uh, the, last, like the last 10 years of my career in WWE, I was on a tour bus. But it was your specific, or was did you you did, had different ones? No, I, I I would lease it, but I would long lease it. I went through two in ten years. We had one for five years and another one for five years. Yeah. Did you do something in, it's special on the inside to it, or no? You didn't deck it out uh, and make it look like home. God rest his soul, my uh, my driver and ship's captain Ronnie Bullington. I always would have him like, "Hey man, do whatever you want. I want you comfortable in there. That means yeah. I'm going to get there safe." And uh, he designed both of them. He did. Yeah. R.I.P. Ronnie. R.I.P. Ronnie. Oh, man. Cheers to the Ron dog. Great Cheers. Guy. You know, he's up there. True, A true ship's captain. A true Great ship's friend. captain. Did he ever crash? Never? Hell no. Mm. You hear those horror stories about bus tours where they like, you know, they get drowsy, they fall asleep, they hit stuff, they get in a ditch. Ronnie, Ronnie was the flawless. Best. Was the best. A flawless man. Like a mentor to all the drivers. I remember we had a, um, one of my favorite quick stories about him is we had a absolute whitewash in New York City. We were doing Madison Square Garden. Um, it was a Sunday in late December with Monday Night Raw in Albany, New York. It's a bit of a drive. Yeah, I've done it. A whitewash to where when the, the doors opened at MSG, it was 6 o'clock and they were kind of bordering state of emergency. Yeah. By the first match, full state of emergency. So we had sold out the place, but only like 5,000 people showed up. 
So by the time we got done at midnight, it was the streets of New York City were barren. The snow was like waist high. And he's like, man, I'm, I'm going for it. We got to get to Albany. And <laughs> we got to do it. So many of the performers didn't make the show. I remember Ronnie pitching the bus sideways, like Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, like <laughs> pitching the bus. About family. Like, hold on. And he would pitch, the, pitch a 48-foot tour bus sideways across the streets of New York. We literally were just... All we had to do was keep moving forward because if we stopped, yeah, you're you're done, you're fucked. Saw buses on the side, New York City buses that couldn't make it. Everything was, but he got us to Albany in ten and a half hours. What, Ron Dog? He got us to Albany in ten and a half hours and pulled in, slid the bus out, dropped the anchor, and was like, "I'm going to sleep." See you guys. I Damn, dude, I made it. We're good. How many other performers made it with you, though? Did anybody? How many other I, guys like made it up to Albany? I on that bus ride, I had one of the writers and two other performers. Because every everybody was like, we're not gonna, we're just gonna hang, and and it, the snowfall was so great that it was really treacherous to get there the next day. It was we ran like a skeleton crew the next day because it was tough. so bad. Yeah, it was tough. Before we get too far away from it, because I wanna, I, I just give me one, one quick story that you and I spoke about, because when we talked hip hop, the reason that I brought it up was, you told me on set about how you even came, how it came to fruition that you made the album. Well, not only made the album, like how, why I'm here. Why it started, yeah. Yeah, why the whole thing started. Um, you know, originally, very long story condensed. Originally, I started to wrestle by mistake. I was going to join the Marine Corps, and a friend of mine was like, hey, man, we're training down in Orange County. You should give it a weekend before you go down there. I was like, yeah, whatever, I'll do it. Saw a ring, and I was hooked. Yeah. Uh, no aspirations of doing anything, but it happened to be in the, the height of the market and competition, and they were signing people defensively. I got a really low money contract to just sit at home and not go to the other guys. Nice. And then finally ended up just hanging around to get an opportunity. Debuted on TV in Chicago, 2002 in oh, June. Bless. Yeah. Um, at the United Center? Where was it? We always, uh, we always were in Rosemont. Rosemont Horizon, baby. One of, one of my favorite buildings. Oh, so great. My favorite, favorite. That's buildings. great. Yeah, that, that place gets very, very loud. And yeah. A, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of tradition in that building for me. Big time. Yeah. So debuted in Chicago. Debuted in Chicago and totally shit the bed. Like How? What do you mean? Well, did all the stuff right. Yeah. Um, but had no, had nothing, had nothing here. No I was just trying to, people didn't know who I was. They, they couldn't connect to John Cena coming out in different tights and boots every time. And, you know, I'm here. Like I had no, I, things were good, but no one could attach to who I am. All right. When we were, as entertainers, you got to kind of want to attach. Like when we film a movie, you try to work on your character so people will relate to them, attach to them, or detach to them, or root for them, or root against them. Right. It's what we're doing. I, I, I am willing to bet that it's a similar perspective and trajectory in stand-up. Same thing. You want people to like and identify with your style or be adversarial to it and, and call you out to right. drum up a little bit more, you know, um, awareness. And so I was about to get fired because I, I wasn't doing well. And I was on my final overseas tour in the UK. Uh, it was a right before Halloween. And they were like, ah, oh, you know, I don't think you're gonna make it to Christmas, so don't, whatever, but we'll bring you on this last tour, give you some more money. The WWE was, was extremely good about that. Of like, hey, we're probably not gonna do business, so let's get you on as many shows as we can. But that's so cool, they tell you, they give you a heads up. Versus uh, other pro sports, where a lot of times it's like, you wake up to a phone call that's like, you're cut. I just knew I was, the, the writing was on the wall. And like, it wasn't. How do you know that? I, I genuinely. Because when you go out there, 
you use your ears. And when the sound is not just silence, not just apathetic silence, right. but shoes going up to the concourse to get <laughs> hot dogs. You hear a guy in the bathroom? Yeah, you know, it's kind of like, eh. yeah. so by mistake, um, you know, I, I, I kept to myself, I didn't want to rock the boat, but like, okay, my time's coming to an end, so I'll enjoy this. On the tour bus overseas, they travel us all together, and some of the guys are freestyle in the back. So I just went in the back and waited for my turn and joined in and just did the best I could. And ripped. And just tried to, to unleash the fury. Cut it out. You ripped. And the, um, the front of the bus was Stephanie McMahon, and she was head of the That's writing McMahon's team. McMahon's daughter. Yep. Head of the writing team at the time. And she was like, how did you remember all that? And I kind of explained to her the concept of freestyle. And she's like, well, make something up about me right now. Sure enough, on the spot, I'd you know, spit a few bars. And she's like, do you want to do that on TV? Yes, please. Yes. And it just so happened to be the Halloween episode of SmackDown. Oh, wow. So the character shift wasn't like, well, why is he doing that? It started as a costume and then just kind of went into that. Wow. Yeah. What, would, what did you crazy. wear when you did it on Halloween? A crazy sequence vanilla ice outfit with a huge vanilla ice wig. <laughs> they were trying to get me to look cool. I'm like, no, I want to look ridiculous because I want to stand out. Right. And in those early matches, uh, in the early phase of that, I wore the most ridiculous stuff. I remember getting, I remember seeing a Fat Joe video where he's wearing a North Carolina blue sheepskin suit. Uh -huh. I went and got one of those, like <laughs> crazy hats. Like I try to be as as over the top as possible so you would realize like, oh, that's the rap guy. Right. And it worked. And sure enough, that was. It worked. God, that's why. By the way, who was on the bus rapping that was good and who was trash? Uh, who could rip? Was there anybody that had skills? Well, it was just people having fun. Yeah, but I mean, who was good? Come on, give it to me. I don't, th I don't think they did it enough. It's a skill. Like, I'm not good now because I used to do it every day in high school. Right. I used to do it consistently in college. It's like playing golf. I ask you what you hit, and I almost threw up. Right. <laughs> you play all the time. Yeah, I play a lot. You play a lot, so you've honed your craft. Yeah. Those guys are just having fun. And there was probably a little bit of that involved. Right, right, right. You know, so that really doesn't get you quick on your feet. Yeah, some sauce. You know, and it, it was an opportunity, and I was prepared. And you hit it out of the park. You know, I, I held my own. In here, we pour whiskey, whiskey. One of my favorite days of the week is Sunday. I like to sit outside and feel my lawn. I like to sit in the grass and play with my dog and feel my lawn. And I got to tell you something. When the weather starts to warm up, uh, getting out in the yard, is, uh, is one of my favorite things to do, play with the dog. And now spring is finally here. The days are gonna be longer, the flowers are blooming, and I can spend time outside in my yard, what I love doing, playing with the pups. Sunday is everything you need to get the lawn that you've always dreamed of this spring. Go to getsunday.com slash whiskey. Enter your address to get a customized plan created just for your lawn. Uh, they only use ingredients that you can feel good about. No harsh chemicals, no long waiting periods, trying to keep your kids and pets off the lawn. Simply just apply, let it dry, and you're back to enjoying your yard. That's why I love it, because I got a pup, and I love to be outside with the pup. Uh, they sent me it. It's incredible. Uh, kept it nice and lush, especially with all the rain in Los Angeles. It's easy and affordable. Uh, lawn care services cost more than $1,500 a year, but Sunday's full season plans start at just $109. Come on, what are you waiting for? Get a nice lawn. Uh, and Sunday's, uh, Sunday's offering my listeners 20% off full season plans at just $109. And you can get 20% off when you go to getsunday.com slash whiskey uh, at the checkout. That's 20% off your custom plan at getsunday.com slash whiskey. Get Sunday and get that lawn looking good. Hey, man, I am such a busy human being, as are most of my listeners. And I got to tell you... 
nothing is easier than HelloFresh. I, I open my door, I grab uh, the pre-ingredients, and I cook something simple and easy, throw it in my belly, and I'm on to the next one. Making mealtime easy with delicious recipes made with fresh, wholesome ingredients delivered right to your door. No lines, no hassle. Great-tasting meals you can whip up and enjoy in the comfort of your own home. With the cost of groceries going up and up, it's the perfect time to get started with HelloFresh. It's cheaper than a grocery store and 25% less expensive than takeout. Come on, man. We know takeout gets a pricey, especially with all those added-on fees. HelloFresh makes it easy to eat what you love. Customize select meals, swapping proteins or sides, adding a protein to a veggie dish if you want to bulk up, baby. Pre-portioned ingredients, foolproof recipes, and convenient doorstep delivery. HelloFresh makes it easy to get dinner on your table. I'm using HelloFresh for years before they even came on as a partner of this show because I love getting the pre-portioned ingredients. I hate going to the grocery store. It's so annoying. Bright, bright, annoying lights and everybody's staring at you, looking at your basket. What did you get? Well, no worries about that anymore. All you got to do is go to HelloFresh.com slash Whiskey60. Use the code Whiskey60 for 60% off plus free shipping. That's right, okay? Go to HelloFresh.com slash Whiskey60. Use that code Whiskey60 for 60% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Ginger. I like gingers. Tell me this. Give me the world of like, see, with comedy, the thing you and I make a lot of parallels. We often do this when we sit and we talk on set. I'll talk often about how wrestling performance and comedy performance, the reason there's a lot of wrestling fans in the comedy world, a lot of comedy kids, stand-ups, because it's the same kind of like, the phrase that you like that I told you, we say like when you find your voice. You know, we found our voice. When you found your voice, that's what happens to us. We start in these weird kind of realms and the thing that bonds you the most when you do are getting the silence and listening to the shoes go up to get popcorn is other people experience that, but it's that shared eating shit together. Like it's nice to eat shit with your buddy. And the thing that bonds you then more in our community was always going out, having a couple of drinks, getting a late night meal. Like, would you guys have nights where the shows were tough and you're like, well, we're going out and we're wiping that all away. We're going to get shit faced. That was, that was every night, every single night up until about or bad. Oh yeah. Good shows, bad shows. You're going to, you're partying no matter what. Um, the great thing about WWE, and I think it runs parallel to stand-up, is when you book a 65-date tour, if show four bombs, you still got to make show five. 100%, like, yeah. Gotta, it, you, it's, it's a pick six. You got to get back on the field. Right. So those, those nights where you stunk out the joint were like the most productive because you could really lean into the guys and lean into the guy you're working with or the people around you who are, you trust and give you an honest opinion to be like, hey – this is what I was going for and it didn't work. Yeah. Why? Why? And I'm sure you had, you know, mentors in, in stand-up comedy who would maybe bestow a few secrets after a few of these. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it used to be a little bit more of a fraternal society where you, you kind of had to go to, to out afterwards to get some, some wisdom. Right. Nowadays, the business has evolved and in great ways. Uh, I romanticize about that period a lot because it was just super fun. Yeah. But... Um, Guys are paid better. Guys are treated better. Uh, less of a work schedule. So I don't. I don't know how much that still exists. Yeah. You know, today, I just try to pass on wisdom at the show. Right. Because I don't know the life anybody lives. I don't want to. You know, back then was there was a lot of camaraderie, a lot of brotherhood, and if you if you weren't in, you were out. Right. You know, like um, when I, when I started, I tried to keep to myself, and keeping to myself, I was out. Yeah, and it was, you need to be a part of the community. Yo, I want to. I really want to do this. Mm-hmm. It was like you do want to do this, man. You, you're really dedicated. Just come here, kid. Let's let's have a few and let's talk about why you suck. Who was the most fun to drink with? 
everybody. There's was there not one where you're like, man, I used to love to drink with. Um, I don't think there's a comparison to Ric Flair. I don't. He just has so much energy. Yeah. And such a. Does he woo every time he comes in the room with? Even when you guys are back, like hanging out somewhere. It's it's that, but it's also he's got he's got such a tremendous lust for life. Yeah. And I I am drawn to that. Totally drawn to people who love life. That uh, you know. There is a tipping point where it becomes counterproductive. Uh, you don't, you don't want to live like tomorrow, today is your last day because it, be. it could be. Could be. But I, I I try to find a little bit of balance. Yeah, you do. A little bit of balance. Yeah. But man, he was he was always great. Pat Patterson was always great. The late Pat Patterson was always great because these guys not only are there because they want to socialize and share, they have all this fucking wisdom, and they're not like Rick especially. Um, and Pat, they weren't jaded. Rick still isn't jaded. Like he'll, you know, we all have bad days, but he loves it. Yeah. So he's not one of those guys who will drink and be like, fuck this. You don't understand. They fucked me and this is how they fucked me. Like I just, whoever, whoever that element was, I just never went around. I just always gravitated towards people who were having a good time. Yeah. Well, because that, that exists in every, business, in every industry, in our business yes. too. It's like, because the quicker you can get away from the idea of like, I'll tell you why they did me wrong. That's it's, I feel like that feeds into the, well, they're going to keep doing you wrong then because that, that's all that's what you almost want. You project it to be. That element's you know? not just in entertainment. That's in the corporate world. That's right. in any, any area where you can, you know, where you can have a group of people in the, in the same thing. It's, it's, you find that element. Well, because the competition is so real, right? It's so competitive. And you're competing with not just like, you know, your peers to a degree, but yourself to the most. That's why I like golf. That's why I like stand-up. I'm my own competition. When I talk to you on set, when like the stuff that, that I think that I like the most on set is when you talk to me about you working on your own stuff a lot, like you're trying really hard. To, you know, I saw you reading a book, and then you said, I have to play piano certain times a day. I want to keep up with that. I want to exercise my foreign language muscles. And like you're just working on, you're really kind of beating you, so to speak, because you, the lazy you, can win every time. Every time. It's the easiest thing in the world. Not go to the gym, fine, easy, whatever. But like picking up the book, doing to making the time for the piano, that's the kind of personality you have that I'm attracted to is like you're trying to beat you or the, or or beat, you know, these these little hurdles that we set up for ourselves, which I always think is very impressive. And not to, you know, not to kiss your tush, but which you make me do Monday mornings anyway before we shoot. Um, Call it the Monday. Yeah, it's just tough for me. I'm gonna keep doing it, but it really is hard. I'm not gonna lie. It's one more week. I, one more week. One more week. One so more I, week. I, I'll take care of you tomorrow, but I usually don't. Like Thursday's my last shower. Great. Good. No, good. I, that's. Oh, well, that's been the. You know, usually Thursday. I'll, that'll, yeah. That'll be the last shower, and then I can I'll taste Monday. I can taste, bud. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, but I am gonna kiss your tush and say you're you're very very talented, um, as an actor. And truly, um, I'm happy to watch you, to watch you work, not knowing you as a person, but knowing you from the outside. Now getting to know you as a human, it's nice to see that you take it serious in the sense of like, you, I can tell you really give a shit a lot, which is, I think it's hard to find sometimes because a lot of times complacency is easy, especially when you get as famous as you are. Dude. You're so fucking famous. It's like you could be whatever about it. You can kind of be going through the motions. You really, really could. I wouldn't suggest it, <laughs> well, but you could, you really could float, you know? 
But so it's cool to watch you not float and take the time out of the day to do these other things. So it, it's influential to other people. Like it's tr it, it gets in my head that like, oh, I should be taking more time to work on the thing, whatever that thing is. No, but you do. And I, I a think, little. Um, you, dude, you're, you're everywhere. <laughs> Look at us. We're here. You're working on a Sunday. I know, but I, but, but like on set, in the dead times, I do think managing that time is wise. On I'm jerking off in my trailer, John. No. When you see me leave, I'm literally jerking off in my trailer. Bullshit. Two videos of you. Bullshit. I'm not you're, kidding. You're a loud talker, and you're in the same area. <laughs> you hear me. You're every... booking your tour. <laughs> you're deciding your merch. You're like, Santino, shut these. up. Yes. Yeah. Total, I got to call bullshit. <laughs> Trust me, there's, there are things that I want to get accomplished in a day, mm. but there's also that point, just like in any workout or anything you do that, that challenges yourself, when you reach the, the point of diminishing returns. I'll look at a keyboard, and I can't play, and I can't read, and then I just... Okay, I've given it the best I can. I want to just see this thing now. Yeah, I want to just do nothing. You you do the same thing. You but do. it's just but it's different. I guess I'm jealous. I guess this grass is always greener. I'm quicker to get on my phone, look at something stupid, and I think you've disconnected in a good way. When we talked about it, you were like, "Oh, Instagram and all that bullshit." You've disconnected. I mean, look at the way you treat that kind of stuff is impressive. You post shit on Instagram, you follow nobody, and you don't give any context to it. Yeah, because you're like, here, this is kind of what I like, whatever, goodbye. There's no engagement of it. Actually, one could say it's that. curated. One could say that, but I think it's, a, I think it's an exercise in, in full engagement. Because if you really are following an account to try to get to know someone, you can, you can run down that rabbit hole of what are they thinking. Mm -hmm. Why, what's the nature behind this post? I, I really wanted to try to do something, and I was just going to continue to do it, pass or fail just to see what was going on. I, I didn't have the extra time. Uh, I, I believe that people have to earn the right to hear your story. So I, I am just not an advocate of turning the life around, turning the camera around in my own life. Right. I, I have a, a wonderful circle of people I love that, that know damn near everything about me and they love me back. And we've earned that respect. You, you and I are, are building a wonderful foundation. Yeah. Not the best friend yet, but God damn it, you're a friend. Getting there. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. I'm going to stay at your house. I did say that. I'm coming yes, and sleeping absolutely. in your bed. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I just, I wanted to create each platform I kind of use uniquely differently. I use Twitter differently than Facebook. I use Instagram differently than TikTok. And all four sometimes send a certain message in unison just because I wanted to try, to try to do something different. And just because I'm not using something like everyone else. Yeah. I was... I've been labeled the most unorthodox performer. That means I'm not very athletic when I perform, but I didn't. I also didn't use the craft of sports entertainment like everyone else. I see our, I see my family, I see my home, my, the 20 years of my career through a different lens. And whenever I talk to people who are really in the pro wrestling WWE rabbit hole, we never see things in the in the same light. Like I always see things a little differently. So I just wanted to use it differently and make it like a, like an art gallery. What was this person thinking when they mm. in this piece? If the if the artist isn't there next to you and there's no description, you have to think. Yeah, what is it? Yeah, you have to look at a. Is it is this a is it a big code that we're trying to all figure out? Is it like is uh, what you make it? Yeah. Everyone is there's a meaning behind. Be sure it. Every, to drink your Ovaltine, John. That was what it was. Commercial. I knew it. I knew I figured it out when I saw it. I thought, God. Damn it, that's what it is. That's, this is an advertisement for Ovaltine. It's one of those things where, like, they just announced I would return 
I don't know when you're going to air this, but uh, to Boston on the 6th of March. I, this will be out then. I put up uh, the Dropkick Murphys album cover. I put up the final scene from The Departed where the rat goes across the screen. Mm-hmm. I put up the old Boston Garden and I put Fenway Park. Say no more. But yeah. that was all before the announcement. Just a little. So if you're following. You're, and you're following. And yeah. I'm telling you that like, I'm going to be there. Right. But if you're, if you don't know, and there are a few people that knew, a few people, you know, a lot of people didn't like, what, what is all this? But I, I'm, those are meaningful posts that are easy to describe to you. Yeah. That people are like, now I get it. There's, there's meaning behind every single post. Oh, see, pay attention, kids. Follow the man. Boston still has a soft place in your heart? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. City's got a ton of character, just yeah. like Chicago. Just like you're New- a mass kid. Yeah. But, but how, how long did you live in, in New England? I lived in New I moved to Venice, California in 1999. I lived, I lived there for 21 years, 22 years. Yeah. And then moved back there for like another three. Yeah, when you told me uh, you moved to Venice Beach because you wanted to be close to, that was like the Arnold days, right? The close, the the falling of the curtain on like the mecca of bodybuilding. Yeah. Because the digital age. Right. Your your phone allowed you to be whoever you want to be, wherever you want to be. Like it's 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 changed a lot of stuff. But back then you had to be in Venice Beach. If you wanted to do anything fitness related, and my degree was in, you know, kines and movement studies, so I wanted to try to get on with a major manufacturer. Venice was a hub where all the equipment was like a it was like the SEMA show. For right. equipment. If Hammer came out with a new line, they were in Venice. They had a space. If Cybex came out with a new line, they were in Venice. There. Life Fitness, all that stuff. So their reps would be in and out of there all the time. And I wanted to get a job in the equipment industry, but it just didn't happen. Instead, you became famous. What a fucking nightmare, dude. Don't you wish you worked for Cybex now, just designing machines like you always wanted to? Throw away this acting thing, fuck <laughs> off everything you're doing. Get back there and work for Hammer. Hammer, if you're listening, anybody at the Hammer Life Fitness Company, Cybex, uh, we'll entertain some other shit. I'm your agent. Maybe Peloton, uh, who, you know, alternative companies. John is looking for a corporate job. We're going to step him away from what he's the best at, and we're going to put him behind a desk and a computer. Well, send in your resumes. This is the link right here. There is right on the screen. There will come something will we'll, come up. Yeah, we'll put a link in there. It's for his email. Yeah. No, but, it, but it's incredible to think that you. Because I remember moving to California, and literally the first thing I did was go play basketball at Venice Beach because a white man can't jump. Literally. I mean, I, that, that, my aspiration had nothing to do with it, but I was like— it's something you got to do. I had to go. I like, because I know that feeling that you were feeling. You're like, I have to be near this epicenter of chaos. Yeah. Now it's heroin needles and fistfights it and toothlessness. Uh, it's, it's always been a pretty—it's inter- it's always been a pretty interesting area. Yeah, it's rough now. It's tough. Did you ever lift at the beach, by the way? Yeah. You were that guy. Yeah. I love that guy. Yeah, and then I realized like the beach is kind of just a publicly owned, like a state-owned funded gym, and the real gym is Gold's Venice. Gold's Venice, yes. It's a few blocks in. Right. Uh, 360 Hampton Street, I believe. I think that's right. I mean, it's right It's right off of, uh, uh, you know, Hampton Drive. Hampton Drive. That's right. Is it Hampton Drive? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. I would go to O'Brien's Pub, the bar around the corner. Your destiny was the gym. Mine was the Irish Pub. And how close we were. We were right next to each other and we never really knew it. Yeah. Because I was busy getting sauced out of my head. R.I.P. O'Brien's Pub. No longer there, by the way. It's all changed now. But no, it is funny to think that that, that thing um, 
uh, that attracted you led to the other thing, which is what you and I talked about, about you have no idea how you stumble into these things, but in a way, without getting too philosophical, that's why we're doing. It was meant to be. It was meant to be. It was meant to be. Wasn't it though? Spirits. uh, Well, wasn't it though? So I think you're supposed to be this because of all that stuff. I don't know. I buy it. I don't know. What I do know is I knew that, like, I knew that I had to dedicate time towards that. Mm. And I always, even at a young age, um, like I used to, we all, you either have a story of I was a bully or I used to be bullied. Mm -hmm. Some people have both. Yeah, I'm both. (laughs) Um, I got both. I got bullied for listening to hip hop music. Growing up in West Newbury, Massachusetts. Wait, what do you mean? No one knew people. It was it was jeans and rock and roll and like hair band metal. Right. And in the late '80s, early '90s, I loved hip hop, and I would dress like kid and play house party style. Oh yeah. Rayon polka dots. Oh yeah. Like give me some more shoes. Give me some more. You name it. Like, yeah, it's uh, great. Yeah, uh, crisscross pants on backwards. Come on. Hard to pee, but super easy to shit. Yeah. Yeah, way easier to shit. I mean, I should do that now. I don't know why, but you can shit and walk with us. Yeah, it was great. It was great. Uh, and I just, I, I got harassed and, and beat up every day. No. It, but it would, it would be easy to just be like, okay, I'll dress the way they want. No one will pick on me anymore. I got even more, like I never, I never really used physical violence to beget violence. I just was myself even more. Right. And I think I've always just had a, a weird courage to be like, man, I should try this. I should try this and see where it goes. In here, we pour whiskey. Did you know your personal information is all over the internet? It really is. It's terrible. It's for anybody to be able to find uh, data brokers, uh, scrape public tax records, and sell that information legally, making it accessible to literally anybody. Tisk, tisk on all those people doing that out there. Uh, I'm thrilled to partner with Aura. Aura is an all-in-one online safety solution that helps protect you and your family from identity theft. It's a huge deal, unfortunately. Financial fraud and online threats, before they happen with Aura, you can rest easy knowing that someone is looking out for you. The app scans the dark web for your email passwords, your addresses, social security numbers, and other sensitive information. If anything is found, you're going to receive alert, boom, in real time. Uh, If you're a victim of ID theft, their experienced white glove fraud resolution team is going to help you navigate credit bureaus, help you initiate credit freezes or lock, uh, and work with you all around the clock to resolve it. They offer a suite of tools to protect you and your loved ones, including real-time alerts. Uh, They got parental controls, VPNs, password managers. They have it all. Aura also helps reduce annoying robocalls, telemarketers, and junk mail by sending takedown requests on your behalf regularly. I got to tell you, I love this. Uh, Aura's been great because uh, it helps keep all your private information private. We all like a little bit of privacy. So why not try for a limited time? Aura's offering our listeners 14-day trial plus a check of your data to see if your personal information has been leaked on the internet. Uh, all for free when you visit Aura.com slash whiskey. That's Aura, A-U-R-A dot com slash whiskey to sign up for a 14-day free trial and start protecting you and your loved ones. A-U-R-A dot com slash whiskey. Certain terms apply. Be sure to check out the site for details. Hey, buying tickets to your favorite event, comedy, sports, theater, whatever, shouldn't be a hassle, and yet somehow it is. I'm down here in Australia, and I'm going to a footy game tonight. I'm actually going to a footy game tonight to go see uh, Aussie Rules Football, and it was very difficult to buy tickets because they had different sections and rules, but I got to tell you, with game time, you don't got to worry about none of that stuff. They got flash deals and last-minute tickets, easy to uh, find and buy tickets for every kind of event that's happening in your area. They have images of the seat views, which I love. You can click and see where you're sitting, where it's obstructed, what's semi-obstructed. 
Um, and they got killer deals on last-minute tickets and best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped up for all the fun you're going to have. We did a last-minute ticket deal with Game Time, and it was awesome. We saved a bunch of money on what we should have overpaid for, for sure. And I got to tell you, thank you, Game Time. Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. And if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. That's huge. Get images of your seat before you buy. Buy a ticket's a matter of seconds for your favorite sporting events, comedy concerts, basketball, baseball, football, theater, and much, much more. Tickets are sent directly to your phone. You never have to dig through your email. It's that easy. Download the Game Time app and create an account. Use the code WHISKEY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code WHISKEY for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last-minute ticket deals. Lowest price. Guaranteed. Ginger. I like gingers. You know, I... Um... That's, but that's what I mean. That's innate. That's what I'm talking about. That was inside of you whether you knew it or not. And it was just kind of birthed out of something that you never knew was coming. That's why I kind of believe in that semi-destiny world of like, you were supposed to keep wearing those clothes. You were supposed to love that shit and kind of go against the grains enough until it finally worked. Because there's no, there was no code. There's no, there was no, you know, there's no chart that shows you how that works. So, so in, in your, in your uh, philosophical thought that you're, you're weaving here, I'll follow you down that road. Yeah. So if all this stuff is indeed meant to be, then I think the real win and the real wisdom and the real takeaway comes from being able to reflect on it and be like, this is what this taught me and this is what I'll do going forward. Right. So if indeed it's all meant to be, uh, what a man, well, I lucked out. Yeah. But I also think that, um, you're right. A lot of people will get to a certain level and coast. Totally. This shouldn't happen and this will end. 100% it will end. There will be a day where nobody gives a shit. That is inevitable. Yeah. Why not, if you love what you do, why not invest all in what you do so you have great clarity? And when you're no longer relevant, it doesn't matter. Like the relevance isn't, isn't the yield. It's the work. It's the do. It's the win. It's like, it's the late days. Yeah. Like, Man, that was a, I, I look back on the effort of Ricky Stanicki. I can't give another ounce. <laughs> guy's got it all yeah got it all yeah and yeah. I, I try to do that with everything i invest in totally you know there there's been i've had to set heavy boundaries for this film i want to hang out with you guys but my wife who's an unbelievable person i gotta fill those buckets too I oh, make sure yeah. my relationship is is stable and we're on a great plane so instead of like hey the cast is going out i know you are doesn't mean, you know, I, I feel a different way. I about invite it. you every time. I'm like, John, yeah. please come out with every, me. Every time I got to draw the hard line like boundaries of like, yo, I, I need to be with my wife. Do you think it's because she's prettier than me? Uh, well, I mean, there's a list. You can be honest. That The honest is there's a list. But tell me this. Is she prettier than me? Uh, yes, she is. <laughs> she Whatever. Is. Did John Cena ever own a pair of FUBU clothing? A pair? Uh, I, a, a piece I, of FUBU clothing. Sold in FUBU clothing. But did you wear it outside of the ring? Yeah, of course. So Fubu, Fubu was was you. Everything you, that wasn't just costume. That's really you. Everything. And Who'd wear that to the so, store? So that's another thing, right? Um, when I decided to like, okay, I have a love for hip hop music. I'm going to get an opportunity to do this. It wasn't like, okay, when you're in the WWE, you're that personality. That mm -hmm. was twenty four seven. That was you. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah, because because. 
WWE is one of those last bastions of gray area. If you confuse the audience, they'll see through it and they don't believe. And this was a facet of my personality. And it was kind of like my comeuppance to those kids who used to kick my ass when I was 13. Of like, hey, see, I can do this and people can relate to it. So it felt really good. But you never saw me from like 03 to 07 where I wasn't like outlandishly dressed, trying to, you know, talk some trash on somebody. Like it was, it was, it was who I was. That was you. That was you it living. Was a, it was a facet of me, just right. like a stand-up personality. Hyperbolized me. Right, right, right it's, right. it's difficult in WWE because the more you break away from the story you're trying to tell, especially now when, when the audience sees everything, the, diff- the more difficult it is for them to believe who you are. Sure. But a lot of times you talked about this to me, about how sometimes the guys that take it too much from the stage in their personal life, it goes so far. It goes too far. So you have to be intelligent enough to play this game and do this thing and embody who you are, but not make it so it's detrimental because that's, that's the biggest fear, right? We all, every, everyone that likes wrestling knows that, and I'll admit, I, we've talked about this. I, I, I don't know a ton about wrestling. I, that was, I'm not a huge, I wasn't a massive wrestling fan as a kid. I didn't know enough like friends of mine that know everything. But the one thing that we all took away now as adults is we look back, we see these documentaries and they're like so many of these guys part of their failure or part of their downfall, whatever you want to call it, was that they couldn't, they couldn't set up a couple of boundaries. Yes. Stop and break and change and go, I have to grow and I can't always do this thing. But that's also, I mean, in, in life, if you put everything towards one thing, everything else suffers. Totally. And people talk like work-life balance is a popular term people use. Yeah. It's just balance. Like... If you're going to, hey, I'd, I'd really like to be a scratch golfer, you're going to have to put a lot of time into that. Yeah, too much. And stuff will suffer because of it. Yeah. But if you really genuinely want to be a scratch golfer, go for it. I think performers yeah. that can't find a place to, to show the totality of themselves and just get caught up in the character, first of all, they love it. Second of all, they're all in. Third, I don't know if... I think they feel comfortable there and they want to be there for some reason. Just right. like a guy out in the course hitting in at sunset who wants to be a scratch golfer. Like, man, yeah. you should get to the other stuff. But there's a lot of folks who become hyper-focused and we you know, grind towards a goal and sometimes we don't see what we're leaving behind. And life moves fast in the WWE, a lot of shows. So you do get that familiarity of like, I feel more comfortable in this shell than I do as the other guy. Right. Uh, self-admittedly, Flair is, is one of those guys. He, you watch the doc on him. He's like, Richard Flair died a long time ago. I'm Ric Flair. Right. But he feels comfort in that. And he feels... He's at home when he does that. that. So right. it is, to some eyes, it's tragic. To some eyes, to, to the, the eyes that count, the person in the fight, living the journey, that, that's, their, that's what they want to do. Tell me, I'd be remiss for my friend if I didn't ask you about Fallen Angel. Fallen Angel? That's what he said. And you'll know. Oh, uh, so the Fallen Angel is a performer named Chris Daniels and Chicago guy. Yeah. And was brought out to Los Angeles. And he had the daunting task of taking someone like me who couldn't move and trying to teach them the basics. How to move. The basics of the business. But when you say that, you've said this twice and I don't like it because 
you are wildly athletic, but you always have said to me multiple times, you're like, well, I've not, I don't have, I'm not athletic, but I see the way you are and you are athletic. Did you just not, you just locked up when it came to that stuff? No, it's not true. Um, th- we all have things Look, of proficiency. I'll say this pe- for people. When you are throwing those ping pong balls into my butt. Yeah. You haven't missed. After we work, John will toss ping pong balls in my anus and everybody's laughing and it's a bit and look, they're not laughing at me. It's, I think they're laughing with me. I'm part of it. You've never missed. It's a lot of practice. <laughs> no, but you are athletic. What do you mean? I think you're very so, athletic. Uh, thank you. Yeah. I'm just going to take that. Yeah. I'm trying to be better at that. You have to grade in the field you're in. Yeah. You could be the fastest kid in your school, you know, um, run, run the 112 seconds. You get in a bigger crowd. Yeah. It's all, yeah. You, you go to that event that they have every four years. You get smoked. Right. <laughs> the WWE is, is the pinnacle or is supposed to be the pinnacle of all of sports entertainment where the best sports entertainers in the world are. I have to grade myself against that. Right. In comparison to what I've seen done and what I know people out there are capable of, physically, it's a different world. No contest. Uh, and, and I want to take this time real quick to, to call out Sami Zayn, who I've been tagged in, I don't know, once a week in photos. And I'm going to say this right here. You, listen up here, Zayn Dog. Whenever you want to step in the ring with me, pal, I've been training with Cena out here in Australia, and I'm ready, and he says I'm ready, and he's my coach, and I'm going to take your ass down. Right, John? That's bullshit. That is. Mm-hmm. But I have to, I'm trying to work on it. I got to give Sammy his comeuppance. Here's a guy who's been in the business a long time. Yeah. And worked really hard in circuits outside the WWE and made a great name for himself. Then got in WWE in the NXT program and made a great name for himself. And then got into WWE and kind of struggled to connect with the audience. And everyone now, because he's very popular now. Yeah. Thinks it's like, all right, it clicked. His character went through a major reconstruction just about three years ago. Wild. Maybe even a little bit more than that. Because I see him pop up so much now, it's, too. It's taken him a long time. You know, three and a half years, and now it's all that hard work, and I can see it. I see how hard he works, and I see how, how he's invested in connecting with the audience. And it's paid off. Everybody loves him because they know who he is. Good on the Zane dog. We get tagged so much. I think we've communicated once on the internet. I'm like, I can't stop getting have him on the podcast. Hey, man, whenever he wants. You know, I'm down. You said you'd kick his ass, and now you're like, no, whenever you want, come on. He knows that. Can you imagine? He fucking ripped me in half. (laughs) You know, it's so funny, though. Have they ever had a jester uh, where they send in, like, a regular guy just to get fucked around in the ring? Have they ever sent in a guy, like, of my size just to get thrown around by you guys? So it's a... a it's a spectacle. It's entertainment. And yeah. perception is, is a lot of the times reality. So if um, the, the matches that aren't supposed to mean a lot, it's like, it's like when you have a prize fighter and you know he's something special. Mm-hmm. He goes through a lot of warm-up matches to get to the main guy. So they have that all the time. Uh, but send in me, an untrained idiot, and just fuck me up. No, man. Insurance? It is not try this at home. <laughs> no, no, these know, are, you're trained professionals. Me. You do not... <laughs> You know, so, sounds fun. Um, this is that's that is organized suicide. That's all that is. It's, uh, Take me it's out. It's a poor management choice. <laughs> that's what that is. I talked to my agent. Mm. He's like, ask John to get you in a cage match. I was like, look, I'll do it, man. I would never in a million years. And for the fact that uh, anybody thinks they could do it is so baffling me. When anybody talks about wrestling, like they're always like, 
whatever, man. It's coordinated, blah, 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 blah. You're like, can you fucking, you, it's, it's so physical. Yeah, but it's so funny that people think it's like, whatever. But it's weird. Uh, well, they talk about everything, acting, comedy, all this, like, whatever, dude. I'll do yeah, it. Well, I th- I th- I'll do it. So I think right there, you as a, a stand-up knows when someone is apathetic or ig- it, it's ignorance. Yeah. You know exactly like, oh, you, you don't know what we do. When people are like, oh, it's fake. Yeah, the outcome's predetermined. It's, it's for the entertainment of the audience. Yeah. If it, if it was real, there's real fights you can watch on TV. <laughs> yeah. you, you, we want the story. We want the characters. We want to be on the edge of our seat. Right. And we want the main event most all the time to deliver a Super Bowl that's won on the last play. Yeah. To deliver a whole, Mary, home baby. run in the ninth inning. Yeah, 100%. And, and that's the beauty of what we do. We can, we can let you come in the arena and just escape for three hours. And we want you to yell until you're hoarse. You, you're, the audience is the biggest part of the show. Yeah. There's no other element like that. Yeah. No other element. No. Showcases the people paying to be there. It's like... Um, College game day is the only when they pan the crowd and mm-hmm. people are allowed to really emote and do all that stuff. But it's just a pan shot. And then they really want to be quiet when they're doing stuff at the desk. Yeah. Like WWE is like, no. Chaos. Crowds have taken over the show. Yeah. Uh, Chicago is a, a great town to take over the show. Montreal, where they just had a wonderful uh, premium live event where Sami Zayn was, was competing. They, they took over the show. Uh, there's a lot of these people that are, are, they get so excited because they're part of the act. Right. So when someone's like, oh, it's just fake. Yeah. You're su- surprised? Like, what? I don't, I don't get it. Like, so what, so what else? What else about it don't you like? Right. And immediately you can see that they just don't have any experience. And it's, it's cool, man. Sometimes stuff isn't for you. It's not your shit. I'm a, I'm a scotch guy. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't mean bourbon sucks. It just you like scotch. Right now it's not my jam. It's real to me, damn it. <laughs> it's real to me, damn it. You can get in there as far as we want to go. That guy, man. The depth of that man crying. You can get in there as real to me. I, yeah, I love that guy. I want to kiss him on his fucking forehead. Two instances in, in, involving um, me changing my look. One, I came back with longer hair, and people were like, you ruined my childhood. And two, my hair's thinning. I'm 46. Yeah. So I came back, and they're like, see his hair's thinning. What the, what the F? Like, yeah, because I'm old, and that's me. But people get so attached to the character they've grown up with for 20 years. Like, I've always... Penthouse has always been a little thin, but I always used to cut it really short, so you really couldn't see that. And now when I come back, I, I like having this sort of style because it's versatile for somebody in the makeup chair. Yeah. And they can create whoever they want, and I can walk out as Ricky Stenicki or as whomever they want me to be. So I like doing acting and having a little bit more on top in certain spots. Gets you a little more, more vers- versatility. A little more versatility, yeah. yeah. But it was crazy to see people, like, crushed. Yeah, mad about your mad about your hair because I'm getting old. There's a blog that's called Mad About Cena's Hair. I I wouldn't I run be surprised. It. I run I wouldn't it. be surprised if it's like a dot org. <laughs> Stop at Cena's hair. Yeah. Fuck but Cena's hair. I I take that not bad. I that's a they love you. But that's a testament to like, hey man, you're ruining the thing that I attached myself to. That's tough. Uh, when a band sells out. Right, you know, like it's they were they were my band. It was my band. I knew them when they played thirty people at the hotel cafe on Kuanga. We are wanting them to still play thirty people. Yeah, they don't want to play thirty people. They want to grow and they want to expand. Yeah, and they want other people to it's, fucking it's okay see them. to do something new. 
So it's okay for that to happen. So I, I mean, that's why I don't believe in the phrase selling out. I think it's a weird bullshit phrase. It means almost nothing. It's such an innocuous idea of like selling. What, what do you mean selling out? Like, because it's, it's like saying you gave more of you to other people that didn't know you. You're like, what? Isn't that what you wanted? You wanted to enjoy me. Now I want other people to have and it, it, like it the same way you did. I mentioned that hotel cafe thing that I just said because I had this conversation with somebody, the band, the national, I went to go see at the hotel cafe years ago. And my wife and I followed, I mean, we would literally go to see them as they got in bigger venues. We saw them at the Wiltern on Western. Then we saw them open for REM. You know, they went from a little baby thing to, and we saw them open for REM at the Hollywood bowl. And she won't like me saying this, but man, does she hate REM so much that we paid all this money for these tickets. We saw the opening band. We saw the national as the sun was setting was hot. They had bad sound because, you know, they don't ever give them the best shit and the best lighting. And the sun dipped behind the bowl. And then the headlining band was to start. Here comes REM. And she literally goes, do you want to go bowling? And I was like, do you want to want to see one song? And she was like, no, I don't like REM. <laughs> so we fucked off. <laughs> So we fucked off. That's how much we liked them. So shout out to those guys. But that was what I meant was, yeah, I want And then the next year they headlined Hollywood Bowl. But it's like you want them to play the biggest crowds because then the most people get to enjoy it the way you liked it. We always have this, I, it's my thing. Cena's my guy. I, you're me. It's like, no, you're from more than just one person. Uh, Can't be. I, I, I hear you. But I, I also get the other perspective. And I also get an artist's perspective on I would like to keep my footprint small. Good luck. Well, good luck if your end goal is, you know, commerce and, and trying to trying to make it pay the bills. It's gonna it's it's a tough hill to climb by keeping yeah. your circle small. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to make a lot of sacrifices. But on the other end, um, the larger you become, the, you have to branch out. You have to grow, and there are there are growing pains that comes with that. Yeah, and a lot of it could be, hey, the people who got me to the dance have now turned their nose up. But, but that's my thing is the goal of a performer, whether you're an artist, you make physical art, you make music, you do stand up, you make film, you, whatever the artist goal is, is to get their art to as many people as possible. I would disagree. You don't think that's what it is? I want everyone to see me. That's, that's you. I, it's okay for some artists to be like, this is only for a select group. Sure. But then when you put yourself in a public sphere, then you're saying, I want as many people to see this. When you start going, put this in the gallery, put this on TV, put this on Netflix. Well, then your goal is, I want people to view. I don't want just a certain amount of people to see it. It's fair. I want to see how many people can see it. So I know what you mean. If you're just making art for you and for something small, fine. But when you go public with it, well, then you've already sold out, so to speak. Because the idea is... You're trying to grow. You want to grow, yes. So if you make art at your house... You know, and you just love making macaroni art. Great. I love but the choice. I love, I love the wheel of I choice. I make macaroni art yeah. at the house. And I'm not selling. Everyone's emailed me. I'm not fucking selling, dude. I know you've seen it. I'm not selling. But the idea is, like, if you make something small and sweet for you or for your tight little group. It's beautiful, though. You have a rigatoni T-Rex. I love what you did with the art. Do you want the, do you want the rigatoni T-Rex? You sell one to me. Can I give you the Fusili Stegosaurus? I fucking stumbled. And I almost had the joke. Can we take it again? No, not a chance. Can I give you the Fusili Stagosaurus? No, not again. You know how hard it is to say Fusili Stagosaurus? Hey, you... Fusili Stagosaurus. Fusili Stagosaurus. <laughs> Could have gone with like uh, Penne Pterodactyl, but it just yeah. didn't have the same hum for some reason to it. All right. 
But I know what you I know what you mean. But yes, I understand. I think. But when you start making art and you deliver it to the masses, you you, you can't go. I only want certain masses to like it. It's like get out of here. That's crazy talk. You you want you can kind of do whatever you want. You can, but don't be surprised when people like it. Or don't. Yeah, that's fine. But I'm saying don't be don't be angry when more people enjoy the but shit. It, but also on on another on another plane, um, consumers essentially people paying their money to to comment on what you do have have a right to say whatever the whatever. Totally. Yeah, no, oh yeah, no, that's not I'm I'm just I'm just saying I think if you want it in the public eye there a lot of people if it grows on its own, you it's uh, a ch- you know, it's chia pet, dude. But you're also you talking- can buy I you can buy I have a Bob Ross chia pet. <clears throat> we have never watered it. So he's not grown his hair. It's more of a John Cena chia pet. It's more of a John Cena chia pet. <laughs> yeah. Let me. Uh, you're, you're just you're just talking to a guy who spent most of his uh, time in live performance, where yeah. half of the crowd hates you and half of the crowd likes you. But that's the same with us. Yes. So I'm just it's it's a. Um, but my point is, you want people to see you. That you wouldn't be on TV. Well, I can't run a film. I kind of don't want people to see. Okay. Well, then you're in the wrong biz, dog. Yeah, you son of a bitch. You can't see me. I see you right here. Had to get it in one. I know you did. You had to. I I hear you. I'm just saying it's um, it's art. It's opinionative. It's a lot more complex. There's no right or wrong. It's all a woozy wazzy. And that uh, going going back to what we talked about, I think that's why if you care about what you do, if you can look back at your work and be like, couldn't have gave another ounce, regardless of what. If they think you sold out, if they think you didn't sell out, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No, it matters if you enjoy it. That's that's what I, that's what we're on the same page in that. I just think, and if you really don't want people to see it, then John Baldessari it and fucking burn it. I don't know if you know who that. Yeah, he's he artist burnt all of his shit. I think that's wild. That was cool. I don't have the balls to do that. To just be like, burn it, fuck it. I mean, I, that's the kind of art where you're like, man, that was for him. Mm-hmm. That dude, that was for him. He was like, see all my art, and his agents are like, can we sell it? And he's like. And lit it all on fire. Crazy move. Hmm. Like your car collection, you told me you're going to light it on fire soon. I did not say that. You did. You said to me, you said, I, th- I think I'm going to torch the whole garage. You are, um, you are drastically raising my insurance rates. This joke. <laughs> <laughs> and, you get a call from your agent like, John, is he re- are you really thinking not, about? I did not say that. I'll look no. at all the, all the cameras. Gonna, I just want to match what you have now just because I wanted a little bit more. It's fair. Um, can we talk cars for a minute? We sure can. Um, because I know you're... You're a big car guy. You're more, way more than I am. I like cars. Not, not true at all. No, but you're, but you're, but you, you're able to afford them. <laughs> the I, ones that I want. You are too. You've got some great toys. You have some uh, uh, delicious toys. The, 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 we had a moment where we connected. Cars don't need to be about a big spend. I sent you a picture of a car today. It was 15 grand. Such a cool car. And it was a Robin's Egg Blue oh. to Triumph GT6. Up, upgraded rally wheels, took the bumper hinges off. The thing looked really slick. It looked like um, an old Datsun 240Z. Stunning. But it's all British inside, so it's, it's, it's just a really, really fun drive. The car's a little small, and when I got in, the suspension would just go to the side. <laughs> what, a, what a fun drive that was. And even in the, the current economy with inflation the way it is, like that car is 15K. That's wild. And it's a wonderful ride. You get to rip through the gears. It's got a great sounding exhaust, so it depends on what you're looking for. Right. If you're looking for status or if you're chasing that hypercar dragon, the investment's going to be huge. Or if you're looking for like fully restored show winning example, the investment's going to be big. Huge. Yeah, that is it's different than, the, than just to collect. And you got to know your why. 
I love curb appeal. You do. And I love like the awkwardness of like, wow, they, they actually made this. Somebody was like, go ahead, send them off the line. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy that. And that doesn't need to come at a, a bank breaking spend. No, but the one that we both talked about in the rain that I said, when you said to me, uh, you know, cause I, I said, I have an affinity for, I love that horse. And I was like, you know, you're a bull guy. And I we can, we can with the people listening. He uh, had an experience with a Ferrari 488. Yeah, I love the pista. Yeah, pista. yeah. And uh, I said I've always been, you know, as a kid of the late 80s and the 90s, everybody's poster car was a Lamborghini because the what? doors went up. Yeah. So I've always been like, whoa, these were so cool, and that's where my heart has kind of been. Why? Well, and I have a joke about it in my special about why guys buy cars. About how, you know, girls. Uh, there's a relative social joke about men who drive big trucks have small dicks, and the truth really is, it's men buy joke. cars that they. I love that bit. Thank you. But truck. It's a, I can buy. I can buy truck. I can do this. That's what Let's it is. Do this. It's, we just when we were kids, like because you said to me, you said, "What was the car when you were a kid that you were like, whoa?" And I said, "Lamborghini Countach." The Countach was the car where I was like. I can't believe this is a real car people can buy and drive. I remember him doing the gimmick in Cannonball Run too, where they changed the colors. Oh, come on, dude. Straight off the blue and into it's the red. so fucking it cool. And it, and it makes you go, this is a car that a human's allowed to have? Yeah. It, it just, it does a thing to you. And that's why guys who do like cars, you go, when you're a kid, you see those. In my parents' bedroom, I had a, uh, in my, we had a, um, a photography class in, in, in high school and they, one of the assignments was to go take pictures of inanimate objects that that you have some sort of connection to. And I just started taking pictures of cars because I was like, I just really want to take photos of all cars. And it, and I framed, and we talked about the, you know, we talked about the E3, the, the BMW yeah. M3. And I said, something about that generation of, of M was so, I, I was like, Beyond a dream car. It was like, I will never own a, something like that. When I was a kid, I thought that. But I thought, that has got to be the coolest feeling in the world. But then again, to say, like, as a kid, I thought any of this would happen is balderdash. Yes, absurd. It's absurd. It's absurd. And I like archaic stuff, but it's also really unreliable. My daily driver is a um, Civic Type R. Shut up. Got tech. It's manual. Shut reliable. up. The car is stable at 100. It's every day. That's what I can catch you in. It's a 2020, and it's got a third pedal. My dog. And at 145, it's stable. Like, it goes. It's got seats in the back. I can actually pick people up. Yeah. You know, if you have a purse and a Countach, you're screwed. And That's why I can't have one. They're a little bit rough around the edges. The clutch is a dogfight, and it's really tough to get those things running right. Like, they're always in the shop. It's always leaking some sort of fluid somewhere. Yeah. So if I actually need to drive a car on a distance that's more than, like, 10 miles, it's the Civic. How long did you own a Countach for? I, I still have it. You, did, you still got still it. still have it. You son of a bitch. Yeah. Well, it's one of those things where- Can I drive it when I come to your house, say yes? It's just a tough drive. Can I, you, can can I you, drive it, say yes? I, I can't say yes. Can I drive it, say yes? Can't say yes. John, say yes? It's the, if you've never had an experience with that clutch- It's the only thing I'm asking of you, John. I don't want mine to be the first one. <laughs> yeah. All right. No. Those those who who know what I'm talking about, it's a it really is like nothing you've ever driven before in 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 a difficult way. It's the the maneuver to reverse is when you sit outside and reverse. There's <laughs> there's not you can't see no cameras back in the so, day. So it looked awesome. Yeah, completely impractical. Not a chance you're gonna parallel park the thing. Like it's not trying to trying to like the Hollywood Hills and that thing would be 
a disaster. Forget about it. You really have to like, I really have to like get in there. You know, my, my wife will be writing, what's, what's wrong with you? Like, this is how I have to make the car go. <laughs> or on the other, the Civic is just bam, 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 bam. Like it's, it's nothing. It's, an, it's a fun, easy drive. What I just heard you say was I have weak legs. That's exactly that. John. It's an upper body business. <laughs> All right. Uh, quickly, for fun, I have two things. Sure. I know you got to go. Well, I have things. Um, oh, you do? Yeah. This fly, by the way, sh- hilarious. I think that fly's been around the whole time. It's like comical. It's almost like these guys, you know, and you know Jam Dog, Big J Dog, he put that fly in here. That's his fly. That's Mark. Okay. So that's his, his buddy of, Mark. That's it's way of his, him being um, here with us. Tell me this is, if this is a lie or, or not. You like anime? So I like certain anime. Fist of the North Star. Uh, I, I was really drawn to like post-apocalyptic stuff. Yeah. And I found that at the right time. And I thought it was like super cool. So I used to love growing up. I used to watch Fist of the North Star a lot. Okay. Plead the fifth on this, whether you want to or not. Overwatch porn. Do I overwatch porn? Overwatch the anime Overwatch. It's a. It's a. It's, they make Overwatch porn. You never seen it? I've, no. Boy, oh boy, do you need to check it out? Okay. All right. I'm an adult. <laughs> I, you know, I, I can. You like anime, buddy? I'm an adult. It stumbled on my feed somehow, some way. Because I think I probably clicked on one of those Peter Griffin fucking Lois things. You know where they're like, they like make a porn out of a modern cartoon on a porn site, and I'm like, I'm gonna watch it. So this is a classic story of me like finding anime in the mid '80s. Mm-hmm. And then kind of like, that's my time. Yeah. Fast forwarding to like what anime is now. New age, baby. And like, what? What happened? Your computer's in your hand? <laughs> no! So, and right. I, Yeah. Okay. Right. And then also, when we talk on set about your schedule and your regimen, and even Zach said this, he was like, I feel like he's got, the sneakiest times to train because we're shooting all day. When are you finding time? Uh, are you first thing in the morning? No, I'm not. It's, it's no, and see, that's another thing. Like there's only so much that can be done. Yeah. And a lot of times if we fragment ourselves, none of the work is good. None of it. I'll have a shitty workout. Right. Show up grumpy. I'll be shitty in front of camera on the days we shoot. I'm, they are paying me for the work to be here for this. So what I can do while I don't train is make good food choices. Mm. So I'm not having Betty's Burgers. Had it today. It was really good. Is it good? It is. It's a good smash burger place. It's a good plug. Best, best I've had out here. Because I was going to say, I haven't found a good burger yet out here. It's yeah. Good. All right. It's good. You know what's really good down here? Mexican food. No, I'm kidding. They literally don't. They have no idea how to do it down here. Said no spice. Dude, they don't. No hot sauce. They don't even know what hot sauce is down here. These people are insane. They don't know hot sauce. Yeah. And me coming from Southern California, all I want is hot sauce. Yeah. And they call t- just, ke- and they call the detox. What do they call ketchup, tomato paste, tomato? What do you call it? Tomato, tomato sauce? sauce. Dude, no, it's not. Tomato sauce is tomato sauce. Tomato sauce. Tomato sauce. Ketchup. But it is kind of tomato sauce. Yeah, but there's more to it than that. Well, what do you call a can of tomato sauce? Tomato sauce. Yeah, see? These guys double down on all sorts of dumb shit. They don't get it. They call uh, French press coffee plunger coffee. Plunger. No, it's not. Plunger gets poop out of a toilet. What gets poop out of the toilet? What's that thing? It's a plunger. 
Cut it out. Pick a name. See what I mean? Pick a oh, fucking name. Fine. Pick a lane. No, I'm gonna fight Jan after Jam after this. Sorry. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Yeah, you're right. You do have a so yeah. I only train when I have time. I had time this morning. You did and, today. Uh, we had a, an early day on one of the days where like I was fading fast. And again, I speak to the wife like, hey, psychologically, I really could use 40 minutes. Is that okay? She's like, yeah, are you kidding me? Go. But I want to I wanna try to be a good husband. I want to try to be a good partner. So I want to also run those choices by her. Mm. When I'm here, it's the work. And all other things suffer. My training suffers. It, my relationship has to take a backseat. And my wife is unbelievably supportive of that. But I draw those hard line boundaries to, to play catch up a little bit, to play catch up a little bit. And sure. it's the really long shoots where it starts to, to get in the hole and, and you know, you got to dig yourself out. And I don't sneak away to train. I don't have a gym on set. You don't have bands in the trailer? No, not at all. I have bands in my trailer. And look at me. So I need to do what you're doing. Okay. Uh, how, long have, how long have you been like physically lift, lifting weights? Well, I have those bands in the trailer. And I read the booklet on how to use them. So I tie one around my neck and it goes up on a pole, mm -hmm. right? And I'm naked. You might have read another book for that. That's not what those bands are. They might be. Okay. Which ones you got? No, I just think it's impressive that you. I think it's impressive that you. Uh, I don't know how to say it, dude. Your arms. This is. You know what it is? You know what it is, John? You're. Fu you fucker. You know what you are? You're, um, you're Joe from Family Guy and the jacked cop in the wheelchair. <laughs> I, you're in real life. When I see your arms, when we're in the car together, it, I, I'm like, fucking, this guy's so strong man person. I started working out when I was 12. I've never stopped. Never. Never. So 34 years straight. Jesus fucking. What I went to school for. I know. I have a, a four year degree in working out. And I, degree in. I have good people around me to, to kind of curate the experience of like, hey, make a few more good choices. Do this, don't do this, do yeah, this. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Um, Did someone say the Big Show said you were the, had some of the best strength he's ever seen? Well, that, a, lot of, a lot of the times, WWE, what, what I didn't offer in smoothness, I could make up for an explosive strength. Right. That I, I felt I was pretty proficient in that. Those are things that I'm good at, like moving in an explosive direction. So all of my stuff is like really explosive. Yeah. That's where... You could have been a linebacker. I, I was an offensive lineman because I had no awareness for the game of football. But you could have been a linebacker. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> they tried. Like, Man, can you, can you just hit the guy in the other jersey when the thing happens? What yeah, guy? I can do that. Yeah. I can do that. Didn't work. I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't have the overall awareness of the game. Will you do me one favor when you come to L.A.? If you, when you come back to L.A. and I'm there and you're not working, will you, will you come play one round of golf with me? Oh, gosh. Come on, please. Just you and me. It, it, I just want, I don't I want to see it. That I don't mind, but it's just so much time. No, no, no. We'll play, we play fucking four you holes. Do you want to know how, why all these things get done? Like how you can look and be like, what the fuck is he doing that I'm not? Yeah. I know that golf takes five hours and I don't have the five hours. Four. Uh, I'm, I'm talking to my wife. Four. Uh, but also, we can play three and leave. We can play three, have a Guinness, and go home. Mm, I like this new style of golf. Say yes to playing golf and letting me drive the Countach. One, two, three. <sighs> no. Yes, he said yes, but, but and you heard it. What I will do yeah. is I will extend an invite to you 
for a podcast that won't be filmed or recorded. Okay. In in the the Bat Cave. Done. Which is a um, I'll serve scotch instead Done. of whiskey, and we'll talk about you know life and philosophy and cars and and all that. You're making me get blushy, John. And, and here's what I want to say about you. Yeah. Uh, in an industry where it'll not be a fucking compliment. If it is, I'm going to be. It is so, so sorry. I'll um, cut this, Joe. Cut all this stuff. It's fine. You can cut it if you no. want. No. In an industry that's that's very transactional, and uh, it's very difficult to find uh, people who are willing to let their guard down, because because entertainers have a hard shell of like, what does this person want to gain from me? I admire the fact that we could sit on set in an office and talk about life. Yeah, we did. Talk yeah. about real things about life. It is what I enjoy the most. And uh, those moments make me, f like that's our friendship. It is not us doing good work together. Because as professionals, that is our job. And right. we can form a bond over that. Man, this time was fun. But just like two guys talking about sports, if sports is all they ever talk about, they gotta have that. And if they don't have it, their relationship isn't there. And I, I really applaud you because I know how difficult it is because I see a lot of performers not able to, to climb that hill of like letting anybody even remotely in. We'll talk about hip hop, we'll talk about sports, we'll talk about what you watched and how you felt about it. We'll talk about critiques of people's performance all day long. Right. Because that doesn't put my heart out there. Right, but life and pain and relationships and yeah. Yeah, all that stuff is yeah. real. I'm like, hey man, I had a hard time doing this. Yeah. That's, I feel you because I've had a hard time doing this. Right. And it's that, that little give and take where you get to know someone for who they are and not like you're, you're giving me ammo to, to use against you and you're hoping that I'm not going to. And I'm doing the same thing with you. Yes. And, and for that, I thank you. And that's why I wanted to make sure we got this done. Because I knew we would talk about, like, and thank you for being so grateful to talk about career path and, and all this wonderful stuff that's going on. I, I live a, a dream every day and I, there's not a day that I don't that I'm not aware of that even like my grumpiest of moments, but I consider you a friend uh, because I've had a chance to talk to Peter like that because I've had a chance to talk to you like that. I had a chance to talk to a mutual friend of ours, PJ like that. Like, right. It goes beyond the work. This is a summer camp business. You get stuck with eight weeks, a couple months, you become best friends and never see each other again. Yeah. But if you do have those moments, it allows you through long absences to catch up and it feels like it's just yesterday or you stay in touch. And I think that's super cool, man. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. Please don't block my number. Never. Never. I don't block anybody's number. <laughs> as soon as I and leave. I and I don't change my phone number. I've had the same, same number since 2004. And we'll put the number up right here. This yeah. is the number right here. You can. And everybody text that number right there. Uh, I want to thank you so graciously. Six, six, eight, oh, you won. <laughs> I want to thank you graciously. I love you so dearly. This means a lot to me. I wish we could talk for 80 hours, but we'll do that in private because that's way more fun. We end the episode the same way. You look into your camera right there, mm -hmm. and you say one word or one phrase. It used to be a word, but some people were like, I don't really know what the one word is going to be, so I'll say something. So one word or one phrase is going to end the episode. This will be in the Smithsonian someday. I always say that. All one word or one phrase is at the end of Whiskey Ginger. In that camera, when you're ready, no big pressure, but one word or one phrase to end the episode. Sure. Uh... I'll get there. Thank you, Andrew Santino, for having me on Whiskey Ginger. I don't know what we enjoyed, but it was pleasant. Delicious. This is John Cena encouraging everyone out there to earn the day. In here, we pour whiskey. whiskey.